This is David Poland with a hot button number 214, The Danger of Not Caring. I spent the weekend in Telluride and I had a variety of conversations with people whom I love and like, people I don't know, and even some people I don't much care for. If you're wondering where you fit in these groups, know that you may well be wrong in your guess, and I'm happy to clarify with you. Even change the status, which also happened a bit at this weekend. But aside from the movies, with more coverage to come, my takeaway from this weekend and for much of my life working in this industry for decades is that the most and least insightful people carry some of the same blind spots in this business. I often recall a conversation with Michael Moses, before he was knighted at Universal, about a movie that I wrote a complex and negative review of, and he asked me why I couldn't just watch a commercial movie and not pick it apart so aggressively. It was just a movie. I've now spent years lingering on that question. He was right on some level, and over the years I've completely stopped writing negatively about movies with a low profile, whether in week-to-week of releases or at festivals. My voice may not truly damage a movie at the peak of my historic power or at the bottom of my power, but why add another weight of any size on something trying desperately to get off the ground, making it more likely to fail? I feel free to be as positive or negative as I feel about films that have a clear run rate to take off. As a critic, the egoless claim of I'm protecting the public is almost always bullshit. Being a critic is a performative act. There are very few in the position of a Tony Scott or Manola Dardis, empowered by a leading voice outlet to stay focused on their work as critics first and foremost. When they want to write a book or something, they take a leave from the daily critical grind. You may or may not agree with them about this movie or that movie, but they have a glorious and and earned luxury of not self-promoting. Roger Ebert, generation older, came from a time when being at his beloved Chicago Sun-Times meant warring with the Chicago Tribune. And so as passionate and pure as his opinions were, there was a certain showmanship as a newspaper man. He loved being a newspaper man. It was part of his core and was made even more dramatic by the television life that he led. Back to me. If you're reading this today, you're either in the movie or television business or keenly interested enough to engage in this time-consuming non-news read. We're not saving people from burning buildings. This is not a criticism of anyone. Very few people choose to make that their life. Speaking only for myself, I love the entertainment industry. I've spent years of my life in making theater and more years doing television and more years doing film. And most of my adult life now was writing about it rather than trying to participate in the making of these arts that I so dearly love. I suppose I relegated myself to professional voyeur after finding that my passions and my personal skill set didn't really fit well into the making of things, though I was fortunate to get some solid early footholds in each arena. While I dreamt of a mentor to help me and sand my edges, I never really found one. My eventual success as a journalist brought me pleasure, and it stuck long enough that it became me. Point is that there's nothing in this industry except money that demands is a fundamental of living to be taken seriously. Is it because of this that the players, high and low, fight for every inch of turf like their lives depended on it? That the stakes are so low that it leaves an aching feeling in the back of our egos that it could all disappear at any moment because so little of it was of deep value in the first place? I do think that's part of it, and that this is more true the higher up the food chain you live. But I also think that a major way of anxiety that anxiety is walled off in this business, infesting the highest and the lowest on the power ladder, is habit. Habit alleviates the fear. Do what has been done, success will be as sweet, and failure will not be attributed to a choice you made that has not been done a million times before. We all have habits. We do this to protect ourselves in life. We are just, some are destructive, but on average, our matrix lives are protective and often allow creativity that would be much, much harder without the foundation of habit. But the problem with habit in an ecosystem like the film and television business is that it can become a trap 
as much as a solid grounding from which everyone can push forward. For me, one of those traps against which I still rail is simply deciding that some things aren't worth caring about anymore. Over my 40 years, nearly 40 years in the entertainment industry, I have lived through Broadway being shuttered for lack of interest. Sitcoms are dying. Power long television is dying. Movies and theaters mean nothing anymore. And that started 20 years ago. And if you read books, started from the beginning of cinema. Studios have been declared dead and meaningless, etc., etc., etc. Things change. That's undeniable. But the intense desire to shut one door before opening the next, it seems to me, is as often as not about habit. The fear kicks in when the next habit is unsure. So sharpen that blade and cut the cord right now. There can be no one defined set of, there could only be one design, defined set of values at a time. And if you don't believe this, you must be a fantasist or a Luddite. Now I've unfairly manipulated this whole conversation into a demand for more flexibility and fearlessness, and that may be asking too much, I'm sorry. I'm good at backing people into corners and very few people are uncomfortable fighting their way out of it. I get it. This is why some people think I'm a meanie, but that's a whole other column. Point is, I said again, one danger of this power is of fairly narrow habits driving the industry of imagination and manipulation is that the smarties who can see the line then become cynical and dismissive of the entire machine. None of it inhales and exhales in the way humans should, mostly unconsciously and occasionally with deep life-sustaining purpose. So none of it means anything. Different smart people have dismissed different things as meaningless. Some of these choices are self-serving. Sometimes they're based on deeply held and sincere beliefs. Sometimes people are just exhausted. What is so hard is that the conversation about the machine, aka habit, and the conversation about meaning, they become harder and harder to separate with any clarity. Valuations are held differently both in personal ideas and within corporations. Admitting out loud that there's a difference, especially when you're successful, requires almost inhuman self-insight. And then add on top of it our personal baggage. I am both sympathetic and empathetic at this. I'm not slapping at anyone, least all the people with whom I've had recent conversations about these issues, explicit or inferred. But I see almost every choice to detach from the ambition of making every single event in the world of this industry its best as a defeat. Not only does it, not only does it detach the event, since failure at some percentage of events is always inevitable in this business, but inevitably it creeps into the next event and the next event and the next event, like venom, an unquenchable symbiote. Because habit, it has to mean everything or nothing. None of us can live worrying or thinking about everything or doing anything about it. So every one of us, high or low, is a steward of the future of this industry. The good choices matter, the bad choices matter, the habits matter, and the breaking of habit matters. The answer is not always success. This will forever be a 20% success industry. And those algo zombies who think they can analyze the film and television industry like widgets that would be a non-specific product brought, bought by consumers for non-specific reasons, are just fooling themselves. Just deal with the fact that only $3 billion of your $15 billion annual content spend is going to be what keeps your lights on. And you'll never, ever know which part of that $15 billion is going to be the diamonds. It's just the way it is. So my choice is to care about all of it and then simply not deal with the massive bulk, which is too much for me as a human to process. I get pulled into new areas now and again, but like everyone else, a lot of my focus is on not being focused because you can't. But it makes me so sad when I hear, and I hear it all the time, it doesn't matter. 
Of course it doesn't matter. How could anything matter in an industry of emotion, spending fortunes on pretty pictures where people live, where, while others live in the street and go to bed hungry, and then worrying about what this one influencer or that one might say when their influence is unproven and unlikely, spinning and spinning and spinning, nothing could really matter. But then you work, breathe in the work, and nothing matters more. On whatever size screen, in whatever genre, in whatever venue, from an IMAX to an iPad, the art can give you life. And then you have to support it. So you build this machine. And some of it are, people are in for the money. And some people are in for the love. Most are in for it for some combination of the two. And the machine grows. Habits form. Styles come and go. Sometimes life-changing events, whether color or sound or Netflix, arrive. And the machine needs to be rebuilt and the habits made habitual again. All in the name of sharing of human ideas. Or money. Or both. In a moment of transition like this, when there's so much on the table and very real, decision, real decisions about being made, are being made every single day, not just log rolling, that can truly change everything. And like the work itself, one never knows what event's going to be the tipping point. These are for me the moments to be the most passionate, the most invested in seeking only the best of ourselves and our industry. There is a reason why we've chosen this industry as part of our path. It fucking matters to us if to no one else. We can't explain why it matters on a chart. It just does. I truly hear every voice that says it doesn't matter for all the thousands of reasons that people throw up their hands. And in the harsh light of day, yeah, I get it. But then you see Roger Deakins light the inside of an old 1980s movie theater, or a set if you must, and it matters. And if that matters, every nasty, cynical, habitual, broken, defensive, fearful, other step, they matter too, every single one. Sorry. Caring is tragic on some level. But if overcoming futility was not possible, there would be no movies or television shows or plays to watch. Is that what we want? Because not caring is the path to get there. Until tomorrow.